welcome to episode 52 of the Racing Line podcast. Um, we're coming to you in a slightly different capacity tonight with a, with a bit of visual as well as the audio. Uh, episode 52, happy first birthday to us. Yippee! So good. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I had party hats. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking, yeah. anyway, uh, so happy birthday to us. So we thought for this episode, why not bring the uh, the boys from the pod together? I actually sent a... In, Invite to um to our official MotoGP correspondent who was uh, unfortunately unable to make it tonight for our celebration. No. But yeah, got no car right now. Uh, transmission, true. transmission trouble. So um, it's just us and boys. First time in the flesh after a year of putting this content out there. What do you have to say for yourselves? You're welcome. It's great to meet you. Anthony. <laughs> yes. Anthony. You're so lame. How are you going? <laughs> yeah, you just look the same. I know. Nah, it's, it's actually really good to finally do this as a as a group to feel a bit of the vibes. We've been talking about it for ages, actually yeah. doing it. I know. We're I agree. So, we're so technically unsavvy that we had to... No, I think it was just... I think it just became... Easy. I think it just became um, easy just to do it. Like, doing it virtually is actually quite easy. And it's convenient and all those kind of things. You don't have to come together and spend half an hour setting it up. You know, we don't have, like, if you were to look at the space room, my living room, got a friend, a penny, tablecloth, got a few Formula 1 pictures behind This us. is actually from my, um, from our favourite liveries. That was one of mine. Yeah, well, I've had it there for three years. My three favourite drivers, Mika Hakkinen. Oh, Schumacher. Mick Schumacher, Fernando Alonso, the three OGs of our childhood. And to be frank, I don't think any drivers of the current era will ever compare to 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 these blokes. Mika was a beast. Mika was a beast. Schumacher against Mika was El Bisto versus El Bisto. I think there's, I think there's drivers on the grid who already eclipsed Mika Hakkinen. Well, we'll talk about that later. Uh, but to begin the race line podcast episode fifty-two, we need to talk about a bit of racing that happened this weekend, boys, and that was the Aragon. 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 Aragon GP um, from Motorland Aragon yesterday, MotoGP. Race won by Anaya Bastianini, um, closely followed, I think, by 0.02 of a second um, by uh, Peko Bagnaya, and in third place, and definitely keeping his championship hopes alive, Alicia Spargro. Um, if you haven't watched the race, the key talking points from the race was number one, Mark Marquez came back. Number two, Quadraro. Mm-hmm crashed into the back of Marc Marquez, and then with an injured bike, Marc Marquez wiped out Takanakagami as well. <laughs> with all of that being said and done, we now have a fight for the championship that is 10 points between first and second, between Quadra and Begnaya, and 17 points between first and third, which is Alicia Spargro and her pulling up the podium for Aprilia. So, Joe, where do we begin? Um, I think we say this nearly every race now. We started by saying, what a race. Um, I mean, realistically, this one wasn't as, I'd say, um, interesting in terms of overtakes as a few of the other ones we've seen recently. Mm. It, was a, it was a bit of a sort of a waiting game kind of race. I mean, first and foremost, I was very thankful that the two incidents that we had on the first lap didn't end uh, what I want to say is a lot worse. It looked like there could have been two really bad injuries. And we know that um, that Nakagami now is missing a, a few races because of his injured his arm um, somewhat severely. 
Uh, quite severely. Yeah, quite severely. And we know that uh, Quadraro is fine to to continue. But yeah, re- two very gnarly accidents in two parts of the track that could have ended very badly. And I think the, the sort of the unfortunate thing is, is that it was Marcus's first race back. And you could say that it wasn't even really his fault. There were sort of just two racing incidents. The first mm-hmm. one with him just sort of lighting up the rear tyre a bit and, and, and Quadraro being at the wrong place at the wrong time. Mm. And then the second one was him sort of having a peek down at the um, fender that was rubbing on his tyre at, at the same time as when Nakagami was coming alongside him. It was just a really awkward tumble. But um, I suppose at the end of the day, what it's given us is it's given us now, we've been, well, I think there was one stage when I was saying the championship was chalked up and within what, six ra- or five races, six races now, um, it's turned totally on its head so much so that there's one race in it for um, one mistake from Quadra again or Bagnaio or even Aleish and we've got, uh, we could have a different, uh, three different championship leaders coming into the next race. Mm. So that's that's something that we've been waiting for because I think the season has really deserved deserved the result of a, a finish like this. Crazy. I'm sorry, go keep going, mate. Who's your pick, boys? Pecco. I'm thinking Pecco because I can't. I mean, if I would say if Quadraro can sort of wrestle this this lack of momentum back, uh, this would be a, a great championship for him. Mm. But at the moment, I just think there's too many Ducati bikes that are getting between Pecco and himself, mm. and, and we saw it this week. Like these these ac- incidents and accidents happen when you're when you when, qualified, you, when you're stuck in the middle of the pack, and what we're seeing is is um, <laughs> Miller and Bag- and, and um, Bastinini are making a giving uh, Bagnaia a cushion all these races, mm. and even if they're racing hard at the end, still there's, there's there's no one to challenge him by the end of the race except his own his own boys. The other problem is with Aprilia being somewhat competitive as well. Even if you've got um, Alesh, you know, normally pulling up the rear of the podium or between you know third and sixth, let's say. And you've got Quadraro coming from behind him as well. Like that's another, like unintentional rear gunner that he has to get through. So by the time he gets to Bagnaya, who's normally starting from pole and leading from the beginning, you have to get through one Aprilia. Not in recent past two Aprilias. Um, Jack Miller, not really a Suzuki, but but at least one or two of the um, Pramac boys as well. So it's not easy. I have to say that it's um. It's Bagnaia's for the taking, and gee, if I was Ana Bastianini, those two races, I think Le Mans and could have been Assen, where he had those two falls and, and kind of really blew his championship apart, I would be ruining those misses now. Unfortunately, for him, he's kind of just a little bit too far, I think, out with five races to go. But you know what, though, if you think about it as well, this year he was never expected to challenge for a, a championship. Mm. He's racing on a on a really good. Um, a really good uh, sort of older model bike. And uh, it's really interesting watching the, the, the three different Ducati teams on the grid now because you've got the um, the Pramic boys who are on the totally new bike with the whole new suspension set up. You've got the Ducati factory team who are running a um, who are running a hybrid of last year's and this year's bike. And then you have Bastianini who's riding last year's bike. And you can really see on different parts of the track and different tracks where the, the three different sort of bikes um, mm. 
really performer. You could see that that on the back straight down there that um, last year's Ducati had so much more top end, but they've sort of dialed that back for the um, sort of for the twisties. Mm. But the twisties. Well, is that the, a technical term for it? Is that I the twisties? I, I, couldn't, eh? I couldn't think of a technical term in, in, at, in the, at that exact moment. So what I said would you say the more technical parts of the track? Because I think twisties sounds more no, fun. I reckon we go twisties, boys. Yeah. yeah. <coughs> all right. Yeah. It's all beans. It's all beans. That's my That's what you would say. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Um, so, yeah, like I think... What so, all right. Well, let's... Yeah. Enough about that race, but let's just project towards the end of the season. We've got uh, Mategi... We've got um, where's that Japan, Japan beautiful yeah. track Matigi in Japan. We've got Phillip Island. We have Indonesia, pretty sure Valencia. One more that I'm missing. Um, Who do those tracks favour at the moment? Yeah, because um, are we are we kind of moving away now from those speedway tracks to something? Yeah, I feel I feel like. Uh, they definitely could can favour the Yamaha a little bit more than. Um, oh, here we go. Have a look at that. Thailand. Thailand. So we have Thailand, which is What's a that weird, Yeah, that's a weird track. Australia. Well, Australia, could, it, I think, could definitely suit the new Ducati more. Mm. Um, and even the way Bastianini rides, that could suit him. Malaysia has got two massive straights, so I don't know if um, Quattro will be able to keep Stay up there. Them, yeah. And Valencia. I mean, that's anyone's race. I mean, that could be a Mark Marquez win for crying out loud for mm. all we know. Mm. So, I mean, that's... Wouldn't that be a way to end What did season? you make of the King? First race back. Looked raw. I feel like... Showed some pace. Showed... Oh, I think, realistically, if you're Paul Espargaro, you feel like you must feel pretty shit. Um, yeah. If you're Alex Marquez, you'd also feel pretty ordinary too. Well, Alex, Alex had a pretty decent race, though. Finished in 10th or 11th, something like yeah. that. I was looking at qualifying, so, I mean... Mark finished in 12th, didn't quite make it into the, the second round, but um, I mean, we had looked pretty good. We had what I would say is one of the more interesting finishes to a race. That the the championship has really sort of taken a, a interesting hit now to just get it uh, as close as possible. Mm. Um, and, 10 points is nothing, eh? I mean, yeah, no, nah, that's nothing at all. And then, even if you think about the other news of, of this week, if you want to touch on it. We have uh, we we know Remy Gardner's future is for the for the next year. I feel like there's there could be a few um, uh, calculated decisions going into that um, joining Yamaha team. Oh yeah, I mean for him to come back. Yeah, well Yamaha will definitely be looking to get a I think a, another satellite team back in. Uh, probably after they've well, this new bike is coming out next year. Mm. After they sort of work out the kinks and they can and they can prove to the customers that it's a viable option. How do you think about that, Joe? Good point. Do they? It, it, is it like Formula One where they say once you're off the grid, it's hard to get back on? Yeah, like, is it similar? It is. Motors, you think? It is, but if you're in the right, like there are there are riders who I think have taken moves to world superbikes. And it's not going to like uh, the Ducati team there because that's there's no coming back from there. But I feel like with Lekawona going to Honda, there could be something there, especially if the pace is showing. I think and yeah. Yamaha. I think it's because the, the, the Honda and Yamaha haven't got the um, stable the stable of young riders coming through, and that's but, where the but options the problem, are the problem that exists with like the move to World Superbikes is a. Demotion for Remy. 
And the issue that he faces is that every year, just with the stable of MotoGP, Moto3, Moto2, constantly having that flow pushing up to MotoGP, if he does want to get back to the grid, even next year when he's on the, was it GYRT? Yeah. Yamaha? Yeah. When he's on the Italian Yamaha, essentially. Um, if he wants to get back on the MotoGP kit, MotoGP grid, he needs to really dominate World Super. Yeah, but if he... But if he, 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 he has to. He has to dominate, but like... It, for him, so you have to dominate. Number one, like you can't go there and, and take you to settle in. Mm. That's 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 a hundred percent on him. Mm. But if he does dominate, yeah. say Morbidelli has another year struggling, yeah. or they bring another uh, another uh, Yamaha team into the stable the year after. If you if you dominate, and you can show that you're as good as Top Rack, as good as um, Johnny Ray, they're people who people have always said should be in MotoGP. And you do that straight out the gate. That is that is the only way I can see him coming back. But the ball is, I think, really in his court for that. But do you think he has to be as good, or I think he has to be better? No, I feel like if I feel like if he's there or thereabouts, he'll come back. The interesting thing for me was this week they were saying that he was looking at options in Moto Two to go back down to Moto Two. Now, him going to World Superbike allows him to race with men as opposed to boys. I don't think, from an ego point of view. You ever want to go from Moto GP back to Moto Two? But is there some credence in a decision to go back to Moto Two? Because at the very least, during the feeder series, and eyes are constantly on you, so it's much easier to go kind of down and back up as opposed to out and then back in. But you know what, though, if you say he never gets, say he goes down to Moto Two, mm. right, and he hasn't got the, and he doesn't have the team. Mm. There's not as many good rides in Moto2 as it is in World Superbikes at least say he never gets back to MotoGP he can he can still forge a very successful career in, in, in World Superbikes Super yeah. and I think Super, World Superbikes is on sort of on the rise in a way well it's not it's, it's, it's definitely rising in a way it's been rising but it's, it's, a, it's a good um, it's a good show mm. you know what I mean it's a good place to be if you're not going to be in, in MotoGP and so I feel like for him it's a no-lose situation Mm. It's the best option he has at the moment for a bad situation, and he can. And if he doesn't do, if he doesn't come back, it's a good place to be. Yeah. Hey, what are your views on it on World Superbike, mate? To be honest, mate, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> I don't do two wheels, boys. I, don't do I, two wheels. I did that. They've done purpose, mate. I just had to give you a, <laughs> to give you a little bit of a um, curveball, just to yeah, two wheels go vroom vroom. Um. So. First birthday, yeah. Um, we thought this might be a little bit of a, you know, when you haven't seen the boys for about two or three years, the boys that you hung out with at school, and they're your boys, but you know, life happens and work happens and family happens, etc. And then you get together with the boys and you start telling the same stories you've told every you do a couple of years. Ah, you reminisce, mate. Yeah, you do. You reminisce. So I thought this could be a little bit of a reminiscence of. The Racing Line podcast, one year on, to think that um, a phone call a year ago was like, hey, let's start a podcast at the start of 2022. Um, and then the I said, podcast boom. Yeah, and then I said, stuff it, <laughs> let's start next week. So that way, by the time we hit 2022, we've got a little bit of experience. Um, yeah, and we've stuck at it. I was amped after Monza. Danny yeah. Rick got his win, and I was like, Mm. Let's do it. Mm. Yeah, because it happened after Monday. Yeah, right? the yeah. first episode was the 
Russian, Russian Grand Prix with Lando yeah. got pole and yeah, um, we had a lot to talk about that race. It has to be said. Yep. You go back and listen to it now. You can tell it was our first time. Hmm. Mm. These, you know, I was thinking about today. Like, we're making a rightly so. We're making a bigger fifty-two episodes is a lot, right? And it's and and it's with some of the traction or lack of traction at times, it's very easy to just be like, "Why are we doing this?" Yeah. But we are now halfway to that two-year mark, and that's where they say you got to grind for no profit for two years to make something happen. And we're halfway there, and we're celebrating it. We'll be on the grid soon, boys. Interviewing. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. But um. But you know, we have to start somewhere, and, and you know, it's, I think it's you know the right thing to do to celebrate. Have a milestone. We found a few, got a few good connections with um, motorsport races. We've had a few good interviews that we'll get into in a little bit. We've got another uh, interstate correspondent who's <laughs> getting more and more involved in the podcast. You know, every couple of weeks. Um, so things are looking up. And to begin, I just had to ask. Over the last year, the most entertaining race that you've looked forward to saying. Can't wait to get on the pod and talk about that. Joe, you go first. Oof, no, somebody put him on the spot. I'm still, I'm still thinking. Um, I think the most excited race I've been, uh, most excited I've been to speak about a race on the podcast or it's a race we weren't even supposed to talk about. I think when, um, when Le Mans happened. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I know. Talk about purple. I know, I know. I know. I know, I know. But what is that? What's Harry saying? Formula One sells, and it and it does. No, you know what? Formula One does sell, and 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 they have actually. You know what? The first race of the um, I loved I loved the discussions in the off season. Yeah. When we had F one testing with the new cars coming out, mm. so I feel like there was a um, there was a, a moment in time where, like, every, hypothesize. Yeah, mm. but like everyone was on the same wavelength of what they wanted out of the sport, and mm. it was like the first time that the sport said, "All right." We're going to give you what you wanted. Um, and there's a lot of optimism. And then the first few races really um, delivered on that optimism. And I think we've just, we've started taking it for granted that we know that now the cars can follow mm. and we're just looking for a bit more. Mm. But at the time, I mean, that's all that we really wanted. And I think that was like a really exciting, you know, moment in, in following the sport. I mean, I really also really like it. I really enjoyed Last week, when we were all messaging on Monday morning about the World Power Championship, uh, the last mm. race at Luguna Seca, like moments like that, I think are really, are really cool because you get to, in the moment, sort of send messages like, "Are you seeing this? Mm-hmm. How cool is this?" Like stuff like that. It's just. I think we've become like the unofficial ambassadors for IndyCar this year in Australia. Hundred percent. I don't know if it's got any traction yet. Hey, you can tell it us about traction or lack thereof. Well, Will Power has liked our post that I've tagged him in, well, so that's that's a start. I just wish he would. We're still running black ties. We haven't got reds yet. Guys. Yeah, you know, like that's that's good. Like <laughs> we start now, we've got nothing, but then they'll be like, oh, wait, they've been talking IndyCar for five years. When they finally do catch on, they'll mm. be like, these guys are these guys have been at it. They haven't just jumped on. Hence mm. why. I thought we had to invest in a bit of IndyCar merchandise. It's not willpower because I can't stand Penske. It's actually lucky that they're all wearing one of the different shirts of our... Um... Andretti. Andretti, Andretti. Or McLaren. Oh, no, it's like, sorry, W-A-U. A? W-A-U. U. Mm. McLaren's United or United. United. Yeah. United. I'm just saying they're all in a different, uh, a different category. Mm. Indy, mm. F1, Supercars. I think that embodies the pod. 
We didn't even mean that. No. Way. no. Well, I just, I, because I'm living, it's my house, so I was able to quickly change. Yeah, my shirt off. But yeah, there we go. Um, H, your best race. Most excited you were to talk about a particular topic on the pod? Uh, Coda last year. Ring comes. I can't remember the race. I, do, I, I remember just. The, Give me a that, 30 seconds. Atmosphere. There was the, oh, yeah. the, the Danny Rick with the bloody NASCAR. Yeah, I think that whole weekend he was on fire. Yeah, yeah. The, the atmosphere. atmosphere. I know, fire was the Oh, I mean, he came fourth. Or come, come on, he came fourth in that McLaren. Um, he. Not he. The atmosphere. Like when Max overtook Lewis mm. on that track, you just heard the whole place just erupt. Um, that one was pretty good and also unexpectedly Brazil last year when Lewis went through the whole field because I knew you and I were going to have a difference of opinion difference of opinion on, on what that outcome of that race was but yeah they're probably the two that he should have done it he should have done it yeah and what was your opinion that he, he still had to do it and he did a great job the end of last year I think is unmatched like the start of this year was awesome obviously the Australian Grand Prix because I was there yeah but that championship last year, I think we're looking at this year now going, oh, shit, it's boring. Max is winning every race. The only thing I think of... And I think it's in comparison to last year. Last year. What we expected, the hype yeah. that was built, particularly with Ferraris. The only thing I think that, that marred last year, because last year was awesome. It went marred. Down to, yeah. Sort of, strong word. Was just how the season this was too long. Thesaurus. Why do you have to... Season was too long. Why was season too like, long? Like, I feel like there was too many races last season. It got to a stage where I was like, yeah, like this, like... Like right, when they played the final countdown at, for six... We're at, like, t- race 20 and there's still four or five yeah. to go. And it's like, yeah. man, come on. Because we like, kept, we said it, like, every week. We're yeah. getting to the end of the season. Yeah, and then it's like 22. It's like, oh, there's oh, eight to go, but it's the end. That's yeah. Eight to go is less than a third of the season to go. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel like last season, Abu Dhabi was one, one race too far. But this season, yeah, it's going to feel a lot worse. Max is just I'm absolutely dominating. Look at like if we didn't have MotoGP that was coming back. Like if the championship wasn't coming back to a crescendo in MotoGP, mate. Can I ask you a serious? Nothing question? to live for. In can I ask you a serious question about? Um, <laughs> yeah, IndyCar's over. Even SVGs. Yeah, IndyCar was IndyCar was the price because F SVGs killing it. Max is killing it. MotoGP is getting. Juicy, yeah, plump and juicy. Can, can I ask you both a quick question? Yeah, last year we were lucky. Yeah, are you over it yet? With what you know, how we, we had Lewis's dominance and everyone hated Lewis, yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying I like Lewis now, yeah, but we hated Lewis, we had Mercedes. I are, are you at that point with Red Bull yet? Or is it still too early? I don't know. Do you know, the interesting thing is it's harder to like, I don't know if I don't know, like, if it was just Lewis winning, it's that's not for me personally, that wasn't the thing that drove my dislike for him. I think it was the fact that, yes, he was winning. All the bullshit. But also, yeah, like how the races he won by 45 seconds, he was coming out of the car with zero sweat saying, <laughs> that was one of those difficult races I've ever done. Like it's, and I'm just like... Bono, my tyres are gone. Yeah. Um, I think it's all the other stuff. It's the, and I shouldn't hate on someone for what they wear, but it's the fashion... It's the it's the it's the pontificating about how tough his life was when he was a McLaren junior at the age of six. The um God, the message you sent in the chat la- the other week with of that purple suit calling him Barney was <laughs> probably one of the funniest things. He looked like Barney man. Like I don't know what he 
Anyway, but my, my I would cons- not believe that he was like my favourite driver for a long time. You would not believe it. Oh seven, oh eight. And Rick, Danny Rick was my favourite driver for a long time too. Danny Rick still is the man. We'll come back. Um. Anyway, yeah. So thanks for asking what my favourite what moment was. Oh, I was getting there. What was yours, mate? Um, had to be the the anticipation for the chat at the end of the season after the Michael Massey debacle and the end of the championship because I think we were all amped to have a different winner. We were all juiced up on the fact that it was going to, like, regardless of what side of the fence you sat on, as someone in the media now, I was just... (laughs) 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 I was just very excited to just have a bit of a powwow about the whole fiasco, the way the race ended, etc. Because I knew that regardless, you're going to have some people that liked it, there are some people that hated it, and, you know, realistically, that championship will be remembered for a long time. And it went down to the last race, and in the last four or five races, it kind of flipped back at Saudi Arabia, and then flipped foot back. It just kind of, there was a bit of a, you know, Mm. to and fro to end the season. And going into the last race, was it, was it tie? One point. Tie or one point, yeah. Yeah, so regardless, the winner was going to, like, the winner was going to take it all. I remember talking to um, you. Maybe it was in the chat. We were all talking. And you and I were going to go to bed halfway through. Yeah. Lewis had pulled a massive yeah. lead. Yeah, because it was a late race. It was one o'clock. Yeah, it was one of those stupid desert races. Mm. And, um, yeah, who would have predicted? You know, I've changed my mind on, on, the, on that race now. I still think it's bullshit. I am. Um, Lewis should have got his aids. No, the more I think, the more I think about it, then especially after last week, last um, race where the race was was finished on the safety car, mm. like I really like I think at yeah the, now you appreciate at the at the, the balls no at the time oh. I, at the time I thought you know what I'm happy that we have another champion yeah but as time goes on I feel like uh, Lewis should forever feel slighted for that because as, he should no because as as far as like how F1 has always been. So when you watched the race last week that finished under the safety car, yeah, did, was did you feel like they should have just stopped? No, I don't. I feel like they should have done the same thing again. But because they didn't do the same thing again, and they reverted back to the norm, mm. I feel like Mark Massey has has now set a precedent to let's get the race started. Yeah, to to be finished. Yeah, and but I think if, that's but the if, right. But if, they, but if they're not going to go back to that again, yeah then I think, like, so say that that was the first time of many that it happened, I wouldn't, I'll would probably feel... Do you know what it feels like? This is what it would feel like. Netflix. What was? It feels like they did it for Netflix. Yeah, but no, this is what it feels like to me. It feels like you have this anticipation for the for the final race of the season, and, oh, sorry, let's imagine it's the final game of a, of a Premier League season. You've got, you've got to win it to get to, to win the Premiership, and everyone's like, super buzzed, let's get this win, let's get this win. And then if you finish under a safety car, you have all this emotion and it ends up in a draw and you're like, what the hell? You're like, yes, you have an outcome, but it was a draw and it doesn't feel the same. There's not the same elation or anything like that. So when I watched the Monza race, while you can say by the letter of the law, that was the right thing. I think the precedent that was set in that Abu Dhabi finale should be what the precedent is moving forward. Because the same, they, they, they do it in your car all the time. Get them in the pit lane. Put them under reds. I, get, I don't, them, I, get the track cleaned up. I get them out for two or three laps. I don't know why that does. Chaos and shoes. Then you see bloody Grosjean and Newgarden taking each other into the fence in Nashville. <laughs> you see all kinds of chaos at Belle Isle. Get them racing. Like the other thing is, you've got to think. You've got people that have paid to go there. You've got people that we're paying for Foxtel. 
to watch the racing, right? If people are paying to watch, bloody give them something to watch. Don't give them a red flag at Spa or a dead fish to end the season on the safety Dead car. fish. Give them something you know what? to cheer about. You know and what? you know what? Yeah. You can say, we can say that Lewis was slighted. And yes, he might have been. But I will remind you about this again because literally I've had like, it's brought all the emotions straight back. He had two chances to, to pit for new tyres. He didn't take either one of them. Yeah, but if we're going to red flag a race, yeah, they would have all changed tyres. But, but it's not even And that. it would have been a moot point. How, like, how many... How many great Bathurst? I think a moot point. How, how many great Bathurst race have we seen where we see them slow down the safety car to get you know just to slow it down yeah, a bit? Gone twenty kilometers to get to get to get one or two to get one or two laps in, you know. Yeah. And no one has ever said, um, let him finish under safety. Yeah, car. let him finish under safety car because he deserves to win that race. Yeah, nah. you know what I mean. Mate, like it's always about, put yourself think- in a chance to win, and then they'll make they'll. They'll give you a chance to get your elbows out. Think about, think but, about um, but having said that, that's not Chaz Mostert's chance. But that's like that. but that's not the precedent in Formula One. So I'm saying unless unless they change the way that they 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 um, want to run the sport um, for the better, like in in the way that we're talking about it, you have you have to always feel like he will like he will look like he was slighted unless the um sort of they shift the um. They shift the... Um... Who's JTTT? He's loving you, Joe. J- okay. Sorry, I'm just looking at the comments. JTTT, I think it is. It says, yes, Joey. Yes, Joey. Well, Joey's got fans, mate. Yeah, what have you said that's got, what, that's got the fans? <laughs> it's one fan. I just speak the truth. Oh, what have you got? What have you said? I just, I just, speak, I, I just speak the truth, mate. Speak facts, right? Yeah, I, straight, you speak, you speak, I speak straight facts. Okay, you speak uh-huh. truth to power. <laughs> All right. I'll take that. All right. You got a question? A yeah. reminiscing question? In terms of the, the year, the year that's been. I have a question actually. That's yeah. not about the year that's been. It's just it's just it's just a Joey question. Yeah. Yes, so, Joey. Yes, yeah, Joey. So, so like so he so the the crown jewel of supercar season mm. is um Bathurst. Mm. You know, the crown jewel of the Indy car season is the Indy five hundred, mm. right? Motor GP doesn't really have a crown jewel. No, but Silverstone. But it doesn't really need it because the racing is very close. Motor right? GP is the crown jewel. Yeah, but then like Formula One's yeah. crown jewel is. Listen, don't start because you said the same thing about IndyCar, and now you're. Oi, let the me most finish my question. I've tried. I've tried Motor GP. Yeah, 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 um, so Formula One's crown jewel is Monaco, which it's is oh. okay, but like historically, historically it's Monaco, right? But that is the most boring race on the calendar, mm. right? Mm. Do Formula One need to come up with a um, sort of a a second? A, I think like they've a, done they, it. Do they need to come up with a new crown jewel? Yeah, I think they've done it. For what do you think they with what? I think it's Vegas. With Vegas, we haven't seen the race. You feel yet. like that's what's going to be their crown jewel? Yeah. Fair enough. Another gambling. Because like what I'm saying is like like. With with how like with supercars, no matter how good or bad the season is going for whoever, whichever fans, mm. you know that pretty much every car on the grid has a chance, has has a somewhat of a chance mm. to sort of you know to to um take out the big one, and we've seen a lot of smaller teams, um you know win it like it, it's not uncommon for us one of the smaller teams to win it, you know what I mean? Mm. Or have a decent event. Same is same in the Indy Five Hundred. Mm. Same in the Daytona Five Hundred. What's well, the normal? Like the, so the thing about long races that, like for example, these 
races we're talking about, the Indy 500, the uh, Bathurst 1000, because they're normally, like there's a few 400, 499s in IndyCar, but the Indy 500 is a long race. Mm. Bathurst is a long race. Formula One doesn't have, like a GP is always, what, 250Ks? It's like always like the same same, so same kilometres. Yeah, so it's not like you have like a longer race that allows there to be spice, that allows there to be like attrition and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, I understand what I'm saying. Do they have to come up with an event mm. that they can sort of market slightly differently and even then change up the format a bit? Well, I think the whole, if you think back, and we haven't had it for a couple of years, so I think we've kind of forgotten a little bit about the spectacle of Singapore. But initially, Singapore was that change up. I love that. Oh, I'm and so I still excited. Personally, about like, I can't wait to see these new cars around Singapore. Yeah. But, you know, there's this negative rhetoric about the Singapore track and how there's no overtaking, etc. But that is only since the cars have got bigger. Like the first couple of years you went to Singapore, it's always humid. There's always a lot of deg historically. There's always a lot of drama. You know, drivers are on the edge of fatigue. Now, if, if the cars, and I hope it doesn't happen artificially through DRS, but if there's a chance for some good overtaking to happen at Singapore, then straight away that becomes again. No, like that's one of my favourite races. We haven't seen it because of COVID for three years now. But you give Singapore the chance to sing and you won't be thinking about Monaco. But, but even like my, but my question could also be like, do they, do they, like, so that sprint races are now somewhat of a thing, you know, they're, they're, no matter how you feel about them. But do F1 try and make that weekend like different again? Maybe do like a, you know how IndyCar do the double header race weekend mm -hmm. at um, Toronto where they have two races? Two full length races. Two full length races. Do they, they don't have to do that exactly, but they try and do something. Or even like how uh, NASCAR do that, 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 um, sprint, that sprint race for um, like their million dollars or something mm -hmm. like that. Well, they do something where they can mark it differently. Do you know what I'd love to see? Dominicali came out and said they're looking at reverse grids next year. I was going to say reverse grid, but I would love to see. A four-day race weekend, two practices on the so you can even do a three-day, but probably four-day. Give us three practices, give us two qualifying sessions, and give us two races, one on Saturday, one on Sunday. And the first race is going one direction, and the second race is going oh. another direction on a street track. And then you market it the same way that BSV do with sell. like the king of the hill or whatever it might yeah, be. Yeah, that's only like you have like so the person who gets the most points of the two race meets, yeah. give them a million dollar pot. Yeah. Two million dollar pot. That's what I'm uh, is that something that like should Formula One be thinking outside of the box well, to build themselves their own new market? Yeah. If you're going to be, if you're going to be, if you want to, because it, the whole, the whole, it definitely ruins the whole purest view of sport. I'm, I'm just saying, Netflix has created this m mammoth around Formula 1 at the yeah. moment. Yeah, I, I feel that they but, don't But the mirage, is, the mirage is going to fall eventually. Yeah, that's right. The thing but is, it's going to become a normal thing. And then you need to have an event there. The thing is, Formula 1 is... The current thing is we need to get more racing, give them more racing on the Saturday, right? But then you've got this race that isn't really a race <laughs> that isn't long enough to really show a whole lot. So rather than just doing something... Like this is what I spoke about a couple of weeks ago. I hate tokenism. If you're going to do it, if you want to make a change, make a bloody change that's going to be dramatic, right? Make it worthwhile. So if you're going to spice it up a couple of times a year, well, then give us three races a year that you race on the Saturday and the Sunday. And that in and of itself could be its own championship. Like it's obviously the points will go to the overall championship. 
but put a pot in there, put some other kind of incentive to get people to engage in it. And if you want to make it a little bit more spicy, second race is a reverse squid. They used to do that at Clipsal years ago, not Clipsal, at the um, Surface Paradox. You used to have a, a reverse squid race as well. I wish they, I wish Indy still went to. And then you get, an, and then, and then you get the winner based on the aggregate of their two finishing yeah. positions. Mate. That's you want to get it engaging. Do something dramatic. Don't just do a freaking Friday qualifying. You session. don't, you don't even have to do a reverse grid. You can do like uh, faster slaps from the race. Set the order for the next, next race. Something, anything, anything. But like, Whatever. yeah, that's I'm thinking. Like, do I need? We'll do a fastest pit stop sets the grid. You want to get this. That's also get, Red Bull locks out. The front you want to give the small teams a chance to kind of get on the front. get on the front of the road, get them to get their pit stops right. Yeah, that's cool. And then you've got a chance to, you know, if you're going to be, if you want to like spruce it up, I'm all for it. It's not in the spirit of Formula One traditionally, but if you're going to do it, don't just do something like that's a bit of a. We'll do something different. But we don't want to. We don't want to upset Mercedes. We don't want to see him at the back of the grid. So we're just going to do it. So that it's different, but it still appeases these the big tycoons. And I think at the end of the day, for this to happen, I've been saying it all year. You need someone in F one who's just leading it without the opinions of the teams, the big teams, any of the teams. Now, I put out a few uh, a thing for questions on Instagram, and um, had a had this guy Anthony Bahaja ask a question. Who who's the most biased opinion on the pod? Now I know who I think is. I want to know who you guys think are. I think Anthony. Why? Because Anthony's very emotional. He he can't he can't see through the um. It's not that. I think he's his number one problem is he's 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 very um hard on the Australian races. I agree. Overly hard because I feel like, uh, for for unknown reasons, but also I feel like he's always um he never really uh. I just think he comes across as very biased. I I have to I would say the contrary to me. That. I no. think I think he sees papaya and only papaya. No, I think I see. I think. Well, I think he doesn't has he hasn't felt disappointment in motorsport. Enough. No, I have. I get out of here. I'm a McLaren fan. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> I went through the whole McLaren Honda saga. GP two engine, my friend. What are you talking about, boy? When 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 Williams were getting podiums with the Martini livery, never wins. McLaren was like in the doldrums. Don't you forget that. Yeah, but they've also been they've also won races and, 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 and to counter your anyway, claim. I, I do think yeah, you're you know, I think I think there's something like that, but I also have a I if you, as an Australian, we read Australian media that media that is always like I understand we want to build up our own. And I'm all for building up our own. Like, our media doesn't build up our own. Mate, our media I don't think so. is built... It, not no as, not as much Not as much as you, I think you, you let it on. But you know, the thing is, there's a fine line between building up the Australian product and then letting that product influence objectivity. For example, if I was not Australian and I'm the leader of McLaren Technology, right... And I've got Daniel, like I'm going to use Ricardo just because he's the flavour of the month. But if I am objectively doing what's in the best interest of my team, he's not performing. Then I'm not going to go into the whole argument that we've laid out week upon week upon week. But if my only objective, regardless of the performance of the car, is to maximise both my drivers, objectively, <clears throat> I might not, the team might not have done their job to give these two drivers the best car. But he's not performing. 
And I don't know how that can be. We but we've debated. The argument has never been. See, we're never going to get into. That's not. Let's not. Let's not. Let's not. But the point is. (laughs) My point is. My point is. You can say I'm biased because I'm negatively favoured. And like you can say the same thing about Jack Jack Miller. That that was the favour of the year last year, right? Considering that Michael and I in the top six riders. He's in the top six riders, but now and you think he was coming out fucking fifteenth every week. Our conversation is never that he isn't a MotoGP rider. No, no, but what? No, but, but just please okay, let go, me finish. Go, go. The argument was never that he isn't a MotoGP rider. It was that for him to be the best, for him to be a top rider, he need, he needed to stop falling off the bike. And I think this year he's been a lot better. But would you say he's in the same class as? Peko and Bastianini. I, I don't but, think. But, but, I'm, but, I'm looking but, at it from the outside. Yeah. I don't think Ducati is set up for him to win this year because he's leaving. You know what? I don't think. If I, I think. If I don't think he. I don't think he would ever have won because he's not as good as the other two boys. I, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I don't. That's that's that's, I don't, that's not biased. I don't. That's I, just. I think Jack will tell you he's not as good as the other that's two my boys. Test, mate. Like he's very. He's oh, very. He's very open about the fact that the other two boys can just preserve the tires. Better and the way that they've the way that they've come through their um the VR Academy has has really um given them so um, so the looking ability. back so looking back now on the conversations from last year with I Michael, still with Michael and I, I don't did disagree. you say that will bias no but I I feel like you guys for you if he's not in the top like if he's not competing to be a world champion which he wasn't like you you deem that as somewhat of a like he's not one of the top riders where you look at the grid there's like twenty four bikes on the grid. And if he comes fourth in the championship, which he did, you know, that's that's uh, in the top one sixth, worked out into a percentage. But it's like in the top 18% of of the world's best motorbike riders, that's somewhat of, Joe, of, of, a, of a negative or somewhat with of a all, failure. With all due respect, if we are, if we are, um, if our barometer is all the motorbike riders in the world, mm-hmm. then he's a success. But if we're talking about MotoGP and we're being objective and we're looking at, because we only how many, how many, how many, for a second, please, we only remember the best. Who came fourth in the championship in Formula One five years ago? Yeah, but Jack, Jack, Danny Rick, Jack Miller, Jack, <laughs> Jack Miller is never going to be remembered as one of the best. He's never, he's never even going to be thrown. That was the argument. He's never, he's ne- no, it wasn't. It was you. Got, it was like, is he performing? At a level that he needs to perform in in that team. Well, then you have to say no. No, but he did because they delivered the team's championship. So when Mark what, Webber won what, the what, team's championship with Red Bull, he did his job perfectly. Mark was never going to win the championship, but he was never going to win the championship. And the thing with Jack is that pretty much nearly every like somewhat decent Australian rider that goes into MotoGP isn't somewhat well, decent. Can I show you how great? Can I show you how unbiased I am? I want to know who you think's the most biased. I don't think he's biased. I think he's just fucking delusional. But you're... I'm Danny Rick you're, I'll you're admit Danny it. Bias. And like, you know, it's funny. Like, I was thinking about this this week. You're in Papaya this year, but I reckon if he's in an Alpine next year, you're literally going to be decked out in Castrol and bloody Alpine. No, I hate that bloody Rick. No, I won't. I reckon you will. Yeah. I've got a Renault hat. I reckon see. I reckon I've got a Renault hat. You already opened the door. But I've got a McLaren hat. And a McLaren shirt. Senna. You know what, though? I, I do love Danny Rick. I'm, I will support them. I'm, I'm going to say something. But I won't support Oscar. I would, I would rather you be biased yeah. and, 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 and be true to your convictions and give me some spice yeah. than, be <laughs> luke, than be lukewarm well, on to, to be, to, be um, to defend myself somewhat, right? 
who over the last 10 years, if I were, if it wasn't Marquez, has been like my, um, like, I've been favorite a favorite rider? Yeah. Pole. No. If not Pole. Aleish. No. <laughs> who? Maverick, right? Give me the benefit of the doubt. And Rins. And Rins. And Rins. The, failure, the of, actual failures. Both of those riders, listen, but to, too much to the point. Yeah. I there's a podcast this year that's been recorded where I literally said he's underperforming. Who Maverick? Maverick, and if he doesn't lift his game, he doesn't deserve yeah, to but, be on the grid. But on the same podcast, I said he needs to be given more time because these bikes are, are getting harder but and harder to ride. That's the difference between me and you. I think you're a bit more empathetic to the context. Whereas do you I'm know why? Like, if you're not good but enough, do you know why I realise? Because I know that I can't do what they do. I can't. But you, I think, have a part in your brain where you believe. No, I don't. If you had the if you had the time and and the um the chance to do it, you could actually attain no, that. You know, no, you know, I don't. I don't think <laughs> that. But what I do look at... Do you know is, how I know that? Because the way you speak about the mistakes that they make or like like when they when they slide off the bike, you think, you know, like, how can they do that? Like, they're trained professionals. Like, four of them crash on the same no, corner in a race. Like, you know, but if that was me, I wouldn't do it. Do yeah, like, he, just, he just gets mounted by other cars. <laughs> do, you know, do, you know, do you know what... Um, do you know what I do look at, though? Like, I think any racing series is full of mediocre by the standards of the series and by mediocre i mean just great and then you've got some drivers that or riders that are able to transcend the car that they're driving and make something happen mostert waters to an extent oh no they're the two in supercars you've got mark marquez who he's i don't think people appreciate how like he's the best but i don't think people appreciate that the way he rides the bike and you could probably make the argument that there's a lot of the championships won on a bike that is fickle to say the least. Um, and he kind of just pulls these magical results from the bike when every other teammate is not even in the top 10. And you've got someone who, even though he has had a dip in form, you have to respect someone like Quattararo for the, for, with the bike that he's on to be still in the lead of the championship with five races to go on a, on a, significantly underperforming bike there has to be something said for that and my whole theory like my whole kind of consideration is these guys are the exceptions to the rule and if you want to be the best and you want to measure yourself in that particular discipline then you need to be able to graft and show yourself with the best and coming back to miller just to bring it all around as like regardless of whether i'm australian or not if I want him to be a champion, right? And if he's going to be a champion, there are certain criteria that he needs to achieve to get there. One of them is consistency, obviously. One of them is pace. One of them is, is the ability at the end of the race when the tyre goes off to kind of still make something happen. And at, just for me, looking at it objectively, there are times when he doesn't have neither him, neither Maverick, neither Rins, regardless of how good they are, the composure to be that champion driver or rider because they can't do it day in, day out and pull that monkey out of the bag or rabbit out of the bag, I should say, consistently. And that's what it takes to be the champion. You can be Anyone can be good on their day. Olivier Panis won the Monaco Grand Prix in 96 on the day, right? Do, 
but to be a champion, and that is what we want our Australians to be, whether it's Miller or Ricardo or um, Jack Doohan, to be a champion, or Remy Gardner, you need to be able to show exceptional ability. You, you look at Danny Rick when he was in the Red Bull, yeah. 2014 and 2018, exceptional. That Red Bull was nowhere near the best car. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. He was pulling performances that didn't belong in that car. Danny Rick in the Renault. Yeah, 20, I agree. 20, 2019, 2020. I agree. Yeah. Dude was on fire. It's just something that hasn't clicked. At McLaren. Mate, you, like we could say I'm, um, I, um, I've got it out for him. How, ex- you know this person, how excited was I? Mm. To ha- like we spoke about it every day. How excited was I to have him come into McLaren at I, the time? I think my first uh, thought was, oh, Lando's going to get his ass handed Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And I said the same thing too. And you know what? That's, 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 I think for me, that's also part of the, um, like, there's context to the disappointment mm. because there's such high expectations. And granted, I don't think we, but I don't it, think we appreciated that Lando was as good as he was because of we don't we didn't really appreciate Carlos either when they were racing together. But it'll be interesting to see how Oscar goes. Um, yeah, I Oscar was in the best car in F two, dominated Prima like they've been the best car for how many years? The test earlier this year in the Alpine between him and Jack Doohan, Jack actually set faster second times, faster mm. lap times, mm. which concerns me because that he, Oscar, Oscar, because Oscar's helped. Well, he's been the reserve driver for that Alpine, and then been out of the car for a year. Yeah, but he's in the sim every. Oh, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. The forces and everything is different, but for Jack to come in first time driving an F1 car, mm. and I don't think Jack's ready for F1. And I think we've discussed this before. Um, I think he's closer than we think. I think he might be. I think he's at least going to be Alpine's reserve driver next year. Mm. Um, but I am genuinely concerned. All this hullabaloo, and Tobe came out and said it, if Oscar's not quick next year, with all the shit that's gone on, yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to impact his career long yeah. term. So he's, he, Listen, he, through, I don't think there are any faults of his own. Mm. It's probably more Weber than him. Yeah. But I don't even think he has Robert's got... Fault. No, they, just, think... they literally just did what was best for them. But the way that the optics of it isn't great. And I think Formula One isn't a, it's not an industry that suffers fools and it's not an industry that likes to, that likes, that wants to make itself look bad. So regardless of who was at fault, the optics are what they are. Um, I think there's these bigger teams that kind of just want the young drivers to come in and kind of race for the shit team or kind of pay their dues. Mm -hmm. Whereas we've seen someone who's kind of, um, he chucked an Eli Manning. He did what was in be- his best interest when he was picking the team that he was going to race for. Um, I also think uh, how loved Danny Rick is mm-hmm. in Formula 1 has impacted how the optics of it as well. Because mm-hmm. everyone loves Danny Rick. But, like, but it's even to the fact that if if um, Piastri fails at McLaren, the difference will be is that he'll be the second driver to f- fail at McLaren mm-hmm. back-to-back and it will not be a Piastri thing then. It will then become a McLaren management thing. So I feel like that is where the, there is a massive difference between the two drivers. And like I've said from the start, I think the way that McLaren have handled this whole situation has been has been more than has been more than appalling. Mm-hmm. And you said that this was a, um, the um, Weber and Piastri sort of doing a Eli Manning in your best interest kind of thing. And I feel like this is the first time we've seen um, an actual driver and their manager 
do what usually the teams do. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, I, I think also, like, you've got to give them some... Like, we've... But just quickly, we've seen a world champion get kicked out of the car the year after he was world champion and paid obscene amounts of money because the team wasn't happy with... Uh, it wasn't even that they weren't even happy. They had signed up a driver mm. to race the next season before the season had even finished. That does help. No, it was uh, Kimi Raikkonen. So, like, oh. these things sort of happening with teams thinking in their best interest isn't uncommon. And I think we're just not used to the driver actually having the, the, the other final thing, The reality is, the, regardless of the optics, if you just want to talk about Oscar, Alpine weren't expecting Fernando, Fernando to leave. They, when he made the decision to leave Alpine, they were kind of caught with their pants by their ankles because they thought they had the development driver, you know, Looked as a shoe-in, but he'd been looking after his best interests in the in the meantime as well. Now, if... Oh, I think if, Alpine totally cocked it up. Yeah, like, but the optics are obviously what they are. Both so, drivers have no clarity. So, it is... Listen, it is what it is. The reality is, the court of arbitration saw no issue with what Piastri did, so the issue has to be with Alpine. Um, and you've got people like Toto... Um, Getting sick of what Toto Wolf says, to be honest with you. He's become a bit of a... Christian Horner. Yeah, a bit of a pontificator as well. All these pontificators. All these pontiffs, mate. Um, Where's Michael? Sounds like you yeah. and you're monologuing. Yeah. Another question. <laughs> I think I... I think that I've SVG got, one? I think I've got one. Yeah, I think I, if we can talk about SVG and... and, and, and uh, I would like to hear your, I wouldn't mind your thoughts I... about the upcoming Bathurst before we go off live. All right, so Bull Turtle on our Discord... Bull Turtle. Hi, Bull Turtle. I don't know who Bull Turtle is, but he, he gets involved. I love it. Um, he's asked, with SVG's dominance and his flurry into rally, mm. yes. um, does SVG continue to dominate in supercars or does he make the change of series like Scotty Mack and, P- and pursue WRC success? I reckon he should. I'm, I don't know if he will go to WRC. Uh, to me... Leaving supercars and doing what Scotty did and go to IndyCar makes sense. Mm. I don't know about well, like obviously, SVG loves rallying, so there's that to take into account as well. But I don't know if you're leaving supercars, wouldn't you go to the a category with, like IndyCar? The issue with S- WRC is a bigger category than IndyCar globally. The issue with SVGs is a little bit older than Scotty. Scott. So for him to for like Scott was lucky. He raced for Penske. They saw that. He was a dominant force in supercars and still relatively young. Um, and they said, let's kind of give him the chance. you got to think, SVG was older and is now two years older again since um, Scotty left. Scott left IndyCar. Um, I think for Van Gisbergen, though, you can only win... I, mean, I don't know if everyone has it like... Like um, Win Cup, the ability to just stay in the category for seven, eight years, be uber-dominant and still have the same level of like fulfilment from the challenge. Now, granted, there's other drivers, Mostert, Waters, etc., that are able to bring the challenge every now and again, but with the, just the team that is in the kind of metronomic nature of Red Bull Racing, and you know, they just always have the car set up. They always have the Saturday. They, they never have an off weekend. Like you've always got every other team has, you know, peaks and troughs, for the most part, you might have one or two troughs, races, and not even a race week. And even last week at Puka, I was, I was away last week when they were at Puka Koei. But Saturday, 
looked out of sorts, came back and dominated on the Sunday. So even their troughs are just like literally a blip race where they finish in fifth. So for him, knowing the kind of person that he is, if he's making that transition in suit to, to rally and he's already kind of at a point where he's one of the better drivers in the Australian rallies that he's doing, go make a good fist of it while you still can and try to do something in WEC because you're up against the best you're racing in these all these amazing locations around the world. He will find, with his Red Bull connection, he will have factory support at whatever team he wants, whether it's Toyota, Ford, Citroen. They've all got some Red Bull affiliation. He can go to whatever team he wants with factory support and have a real fist at it. I would love to see him try that. I think it's better for supercars because even though we see these young talents like Feeney, Di Pasquale, who are great drivers, young drivers that are touted, they don't have the same, like, super dominance that we saw with those two Kiwi drivers. Yeah. Um, so I would love to see it for supercar sake because it just gets a little bit repetitive. Yeah, but I'm also, struggling this year. But also for him, um, mate, like, you got nothing left to prove in supercars. Mm. You've won three championships. You're an absolute gun. No one's going to think any less of you. Go have a go. While you still can't, because you're good enough. I think we've seen that he's got the raw talent. Give him two years there, and I think we might see another, another um, very successful career outside of outside of supercars. So I'd love to see him make the move. Joe, um, probably just. I don't know. Taking every word I've just said. I don't know. If, I I did actually. I don't know if what um. I don't know if he would want to do a full season of WIC. And it's not that it's, he couldn't do it. He definitely could. But why would, number one, why would he, like, what would he, like, he'd have to have the right motives. Mm. I feel like us talking about WIC, like, you yeah, just go in there and have a go is uh, one thing. But when you then see some of the, the, the terrains, landscapes, oh, and, 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 tra- oh. and and tracks on the thing, mm. like, I know for him, he, he, he gives everything 10 tenths. I'm not saying have a go. I'm saying go and make a serious piece of it. Have a yeah. year. But like go for, around like and, for me like do the Scotty route have have two years and then push for a championship in yeah, but like it depends where his love is like he might just love racing supercars like that might just be his love he doesn't want to dabble in other stuff you know what I mean like especially if, with, with with the whole promise of how this new supercar sort of platform from going from next year is going to be like he might he might just be hanging for that that platform if it's going to fix the uh, fix what people are talking about, you know what I mean? That Mustang so, boys. Yeah, so I They changed the air on the Mustang. Because the new Mustang came out this week. Oh, so they've changed the aero of the car. They have to get re-homologated now? They have to just do an aero test to make sure it had the same numbers. It does. It's just the front It's just The front, the front looks a bit better. It looks wicked. Oh, it looks amazing. What, what, Can I finish my point, though? Yeah, sorry. sorry yeah. Yeah. No, I just, I just got excited. I asked that on the point. I got excited. I asked that on the chat. It looks... It looks... I did. No, you didn't. Well, you probably put it at the wrong time, like ten thirty. Not at high traffic. Yeah, not at high traffic time. <laughs> like we've like we've seen him dabble in a bit of. He's dabbled in some um, IMSA. He's dabbled in um, in rally now. He's driven at LMP two. Mm. Like I think he's more than comfortable doing his supercars career, making north of you know making a north of a million a year. King's ransom. You know, making good money. A prince's and ransom. And then and then he can. He can just go pick and choose the events that he wants to race at. I'll go do a Le Mans. I'll go do a Daytona 24. I'll do a Bathurst 12 hour. But if I'll... you're good enough. Yeah, but not everyone's got that. Yeah, but... I don't think you would have expected to be as 
competitive that as he was in super, in Australian rally as, as like straight away. Now, granted, Australian rally is not the World Rally Championship, but hypothetically, if you are um, like he would have won his first rally if he didn't have any um, issues, right? If you are that good straight away. There's only one logical next step. No, but it's not because his logical next step is I want to go win supercars again. Maybe he wants to okay, go. So, so maybe he wants to win in more championships than J Dub, more Bathurst than Scaife, and more races than Win Cup as well. Maybe that's his drive. For me, wouldn't you at least give the new Gen a go instead, of, instead of jumping? I would. So, I'd give it the but new. If, but like, if you, if you, if you've grown up and you and, and and like Greg Murphy is your idol, and you love supercars. Like there's like like for me, like if, if I was a kid, I love supercars more than I love Formula One. Mm. I love supercars more than I love IndyCar, mm. right? So like the the chance of going to prove myself in a category that I love less wouldn't wouldn't have a draw for. But if you if you, you won I mean? if you won the supercars credit category that you love. It's only won it, what, three times? But let's say you won it. Just another four more times. Let's say you won it three years in a row. Yeah. By 400 points. Yeah. You're already 500 points in right now. That's no, like 300. But if you, were, if you won three championships in a row by 400 points. Yeah. Right? That love, that drive, that aspiration that you had as a kid is well and truly satisfied. No, it's because not. Because look at Lewis, mate. Look at well, Lewis. He's won eight in a row. He's still doing it. How many how, how many Bathurst does he have? Two. That's it. Realistically, for someone of his skill, he isn't even... He's got the same amount of Bathurst wins as like Will Davidson. Hmm. You wouldn't even put them on the same. And that's and that's not an attack at Will Davidson. Oh, I knew you how he meant. Yeah. But like, what I'm saying is like, there is so much... Like if he, if he truly wants to be the best... Hmm. He's not even on the Mount Rushmore yet. Did you guys talk about Wilbur last week? Wilbur on the plate. I did a bit. I, I just said. I, I said like Anton look, from from the start of the year. He's come. He's, he's making really, Anton look silly. like an ex lift up his boots. Anton was a bit unlucky last week as well. Though. Unlucky, my ass. You know what? He's been unlucky. If all Anton wins Bathurst, he's had the best better season. So he's like, been me. He, Anton has been like Anton has been good, underwhelming. Man. He has it. He's been underwhelming. What was the race where? He yeah, spun SVG on the last corner on the street track. Yeah. Anton. Um, uh, Townsville. Townsville. Yeah, that was... He's been underwhelming. I don't think so. For all the pomp and ceremony and what... You know who's been underwhelming? The next... The next you know who's been underwhelming? Who? Walkinshaw. Yeah. After me jacking him off for the whole preseason. I know. And after... After, after, the, after the start they had, yeah. like, Chaz came out. I was peaking, man. I was like, it, yeah. it's... Having said that, if we win Bathurst next week... You know what the good thing for Walkinshaw is, but... With all this chatter about the... Factory support that all those four teams are going to get. Hopefully, they can take it to the it's not, even, it's not even that. If 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 um, I was saying to Harry last week, we've seen the cars this year perform relatively similar to the to at like certain tracks last year. Mm. So hopefully, that walkie rolls, rolls off the track at Bathurst has our nice one second lap advantage. <laughs> you know, it's, and and we don't blow a tire halfway through the race. We got another half decent. Um, um, sub in as well. Fabian yeah, Coulthard. I've got I've got a question, boys, that I've wanted to sort of discuss in the whole year, and we haven't had a chance to do it. And it's one of the most simplest questions. Mm. Who's the greatest of all time? Who's the goat? greatest? What racer? I was gonna say F one, but yeah, driver. Driver. The greatest driver. 
Not championships. It has to be a it has to be a F one driver. Not not championships. Not I just I'm just going off pure pure racing. Talent. I have two. I have two. Care to elaborate? I have one. My first one is John Surtees. Now Oof. you're gonna be like, what the hell? But for someone was he from the fifties or sixties? He won motor. He won Formula One and the Motor White World Championship. To do that is ridiculous because the disciplines are like not even. Wasn't expecting that, eh? I yeah. wasn't either. But I thought if you think if you because you said anyone. Yeah, like oh yeah, right. So all right, fair enough. But if you are talking about the greatest race of all time, I personally think that without a doubt it's Michael Schumacher. Oh, that, that's literally what I without a doubt. You can say Senna, if you want. Yeah, that, that's that's who mine is. But off off pure talent, jump in the car and drive the bloody thing. I don't think Senna. I, I don't think it's Senna. I don't. I think if if that's your if that's your rationale for who's the greatest of all time, I think there is no better example, especially in this day and age where every motorsport, like every racer, is now a specialist in their own domain. Mm. That it has to be Fernando Alonso. Say it again. Oh, he's if you he's up there. It has, it has to be because no, you, no I, I, I'll, I'll explain. I'll elaborate and I'll and I'll if, you, if you're if you're jumping into a Formula One car, mm. you've won two world championships. Mm. You're forty one years old, mm. and you still have got probably the best race craft on the grid. The guy's like, a beast. Un, like undeniably in the top two or three in race craft. Still at this age, right? You're forty one, nearly forty two, right? Mm. You then jump into an Indy car. And you are one mechanical failure away from winning the Indy 500 on your first, on your first run, right? Mm. Then you jump into an LMP2 car, mm. and you are you are just as fast as every racer in that Toyota mm. team who's been racing. That you're so good, in fact, in that Toyota team that they remove one of their top drivers from the team to put you in there for the whole season. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So I'm not saying my no. only. Listen, there is, there's, but there's, there's <laughs> front and center of my living room, the great man, of Fernando, El Nando. But I'm saying, but if, if, but Harry said, jump into a car and perform, right? Yeah, I don't think you like, you can't, you can't, the only thing I would say about Fernando that probably Schumacher has on him is that Fernando's mentality is a, I can, is a bit brittle mm. and I feel like. That like him and working with his team mm. is probably the part that can let him down, especially in his younger years. Can I throw you? Can I throw you one? Uh, I still think it's Senna. <laughs> Listen, never, Senna, Senna, never, Senna, Senna is. The, I'll, if, I, if he did, if he didn't die in ninety four, I can answer. He had another. He had another at least ten years, I reckon. I can answer. He was only thirty three. I can answer the Senna question, and the Alonso question with the same analogy. Go. All right. Senna raced the Tolman, did great things in it, showed his potential. Alonso, same thing in Minardi, Schumacher, same thing in a Jordan. So as a young mm. protege showing their skills, they all tick that box. They went to a second team, Schumacher, Benetton, Senna, Lotus, equivalent, yep. Renault, for Alonso, but when Renault wasn't 
the powerhouse they were a few few years, years yeah, later. Yeah, yeah. I know Charlie oh. Renault. Yeah, the young Jensen Button Renault, that kind of team. Oh, I saw a photo of that the other day, actually. Senna, able to win races. Yep. Alonso, able to win races. Schumacher, able to win championships with that car. Then they go to the top team. They all are able to progress to the top team. I, I, now you can say, yeah, let me finish and then I'll come back to it. Schumacher, the top team that he goes to is only top team in name. Yeah, I'll, I'll only top that. team in name. Yeah. Uh, Senna goes to the to the top team and dominates, but you could probably make the same argument about his McLaren team and the Mercedes team as well. That at the time that he was there or that Lewis was there, if they didn't dominate, they wouldn't be in job worthy, right? Schumacher, on the other hand, is an absolute dog. Right, can't do anything better than sixth unless it's a wet race where he wins the wet wet races during that season. I think at Hockenheim and at um, Catalonia builds the team. Now you can say debatably that the incident with Jacques Villeneuve, the incident with Damon Hill when he won his championships, had people outside of the teams that he raced for up in arms. But there is not one person, not one person in Ferrari, when you look at documentaries or read the books about Schumacher, that has anything negative to say. He built the team. He led from the front. He was there for all the practice. He stayed in the garage. He knew all of his mechanics' names, their kids. Like He built the ethos of, of Ferrari, the workmanship, the relationship between them, and no one had a negative thing to say about it. Same thing about Alonso, gets to a car that should win, wins. The drivers are there. But if it wasn't there, rather than building the team, he's a bit of a self-destructor. <laughs> a little bit. Still is. Okay, and the same can be said for Sauer. Now, obviously, Alan Prost was there as well, which makes it a mm. little like I'm not gonna have a go at him for for you know having to kind of get out. piss on the tree when the other drivers are a gun as well, for use of a better word, but. With all of those drivers going through three tiers, the only driver who was able to take a team that wasn't at the top and bring all the... Now, granted, they had the resources to I was, do I was going to say. They had the resources to do it, but it still has to be done. Because, because yeah. Alonso had five years and all the resources, and he didn't do it. Yeah, because that team is a shit show. So, even still, this team's a shit show. We're seeing it right now. We saw it with Alonso. Raikkonen won the championship purely out of consistency, not out of pace. But the, 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 the first has to be Schumacher. No. It's Ross Braun. That was going to be my point. <laughs> Schumacher was a Ferrari. <laughs> Ross Braun. <laughs> Hamilton and the Homosetics started with Ross Braun. Boom. Jensen Button wins the championship. Braun. Ross Braun. That's the GOAT. Okay. That's so, the GOAT. So, take, so, so then you put... You put, dude. I love Schumacher. You I, I love the I'm, I'm putting Adrian Newey in that in that you, thing too. You can tell you can tell me about these amazing engineers, and I'm not going to in any way slight them. Like they are the brains behind the tech of Formula One. There is like they are freaking OG dudes. But you can't tell me that <laughs> OG the dudes. person, the pilot in that cockpit, doesn't make the difference. I think that. The engineer. Because the reason why I think at this at this in this generation now, 
90% of it is the engineer. So when Ross, 10% is the right driver. Regardless of it, regardless of, of regardless of who's in that um in Max's Red Bull or who was in the the um especially the the Mercedes in the last couple of years, I feel like there was you could put you could have put um Hulkenberg and uh, let's say yeah, Hulkenberg and 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 Checo in the Mercedes team, and they would have won the. So how do you? So then how do you quantify like 90, the last ten tenths? Ninety six when he was in a dog. Who that John Barnard design Schumacher? Yeah, absolute dog. How do you quantify the races that he was able to win? Because I feel like the cars Sims. back then. I feel like the cars back then were a lot closer. Hundred percent. Because though. there wasn't as much. They weren't as much aero dependent as they are now. For like Williams to be was, so dominant back then. No, but Williams, no, Williams, 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 when they were dominant, had the best engineer. Had, yeah, yeah, they knew it. That's what I'm saying. Like, they, they also had the... Um, they, they also had the... They invented the... The shock. Active, active suspension. suspension. They yeah. developed everything. They yeah. invent, and then he invented the... That changed the, the floppy nose. That's why Senna crashed, because that was the first year without the active. But for a flop like Lady Villeneuve to win the championship, he had one good season in Formula Villeneuve, 1. The guys are flying. Villeneuve had two good seasons. I will say that. He won that. one season. He won the IndyCar as a, as a young man. He won the Indy 500. Guys are flying. The biggest issue with Jacques Villeneuve was that when... That, he was number one, he was, an, yeah, he was a dickhead. He still is a dickhead. And he rubs people the wrong way. And number two, every decision that he made after Williams... Was for money. Was for... Exactly. He went to a new startup, BAR, flunked. He went to... Um, uh, Sauber, not a good team, wasted another couple of years. Went back to VAR, flunked. Like every decision he made, went to Renault. Every decision he made after leaving um, Williams was to a shit team. But he jumped in a championship car. He, he Listen, he jumped in a championship car, he won. But when he was racing against Schumacher, and the argument could be made that the, the car that Schumacher had was... A great car by that stage too. He did it. Can I say something? And there? he was awesome. Can, who? Villeneuve. He was awesome, but in ninety eight. Can I say the greatest indictment of, of Williams drivers in that generation? Hmm. Damon Hill. If you want to think about it, Williams thought so little of their drivers that their world championship driver Went to was bloody... kicked out of the team and had to drive for arrows. I know. Arrow Yamaha. <laughs> One year after winning the championship, I can't stand him either. Is it? Who? Damon Hill. Oh, it's just, Why? It's just no. He's a he's a he's like I he's love a good story of Formula One. No, I love Damon Hill. Can't deal. What's it, what? What do you like about Damon Hill? Oh, I just rubs me the wrong way. So can we um can we make a consensus? Greatest of all time. I want to say I want to. I've, I've, I'm gonna say Senna. <laughs> after all that, can you back it up, please? Though, because he's backed it up. I've backed it up. Why? You're telling me. I don't know if you have to back up Senna. Yeah, you're telling me that. I, do. I, think, I think he does. that lap around Monaco. Yeah, in that, that, doesn't, that doesn't define the greatest in that, of all time. In that car, in the wet, with the old bloody yeah, but, but, manual gear shift, you're telling me that all the drivers yeah, these days would be able to... No, but I'm not, we're not saying that. But, what, what, but if you... If, everyone's argument for Senna being the greatest of all time was if he had a few more years, he would have got there, right? I don't think he would. But realistically, he, he even... He was in the Williams. He was, but he, he struggled to be the greatest of his own era. You know what? Everyone says, oh, he had the best race craft and stuff. But even like if you just measure him up against like the people he was racing against, like Prost, so people would say Prost still has more 
championships. He I think he's got more race though. wins. But like, so what I'm saying is, Senna, your argument for Senna being the greatest of all time was his race craft. But he doesn't have the wins. He doesn't have the championships to back it up. My argument for Alonso is that he has the champ. He has two championships, but he's done it in different disciplines. And his one is Schumacher in Formula One, most uh, tie most championships now, but built. Uh, won two championships in a team that probably shouldn't have won two championships and then literally built an era of absolute dominance. But your, your argument of Alonso, I don't think Senna had the I want to jump in something else and drive. You know the thing about Senna is? Like, I, I love Senna. I think... We never saw him be the, shit. The, the way we look well, at Senna... Senna the way we look he at... wasn't shit, though. The, was way, still, the, wasn't shit. the way we look at Senna is the same way we look at, like, um, when you think about World Cups... We think about Brazil. Brazil hasn't won a World Cup for a long time, but they're flamboyant. They go about playing football the right way. Senna races hard, like, like, um, doesn't give an inch. Sometimes puts it in the wall, putting someone else into the wall as well. Like Le- leading Monaco by twenty seconds, yeah, it doesn't back off. Yeah. There are things that he does that you're like, this guy is amazing, and then there are things that you're like. What the fuck? You don't have to do that. But also, you don't have to do that. Like, I think there's, there's a lot of romance. And even, like, he's South American. He's a... But if you... Louis loved him. Like, he was... There was more... Like, there was a whole, um, like, religious experience associated yeah. with yeah, Senna. But Senna had, like... Senna was, like, the, the darling of a country. Mm. He made Formula 1 bigger than it's ever been in South America. Mm. He, 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 he sadly passed away in the sport. You know what I mean? So we never saw him deal with the the back end of his career when all the up and comers were coming in. Mm-hmm. We never. Um, also, the whole thing like you 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 die in the sport. You no one's really going to say anything bad about you, and and everyone's like, oh, he still had so much more potential. And I understand that, but I'm saying if you if you don't have the the race wins or the championships to back it up, or you haven't done it in in more than one category. Your your numbers don't give you enough. I don't agree. It's, 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 do you know what it's like? It's like the Aaron Rodgers Tom Brady argument. That's that's it's all, that's what it is. You can say he's he's the best thrower of the it's football. The test. You can say he's the best thrower of the it's football the I've test. ever seen, right? But if you don't have the numbers to back it up, when the people like us who we didn't even see Santa, but we live it off our sort of our our our, our parents' nostalgia, and then we look into it. When you're coming from a gen, in say a hundred years time or fifty years time, when someone's just seeing the records in a yeah, book, and they see Schumacher, Schumacher, no. or Hamilton, Hamilton. Yeah, they'll see that. And, that, <laughs> and, and that's, and that, and, you know what I'm saying? They see that, and they think that he was in any way comparable to the great Mick. The guy can drive. You can't deny that. The guy can drive. But can I do him. think he's better. I reckon a bloody... I do think he's better. I reckon a yeah. one-armed man could drive a bloody mess. Alonso, then yeah. Hamilton. Yeah. No, you know what? I'll say this. Alonso was a dominant force when Hamilton came into McLaren. And Hamilton... Hamilton. Bloody... Handily. Handily. Oh, yeah, but... That Hamilton ha- was the that McLaren Hamilton, junior. That Hamilton. It's kind of Lando Ricardo. That Hamilton. Short hair. One earring. Bold, you mean? Yeah, bold. One earring. Yellow helmet. Humble. Quiet. Unassuming. That Hamilton was a G. But his hashtag blessed him. And all he cared about was pace. But now, Nando, I agree with him. I love Nando. At 41, yeah. Yeah, I'm going to say Max. I'm going to say 
Charles. Maybe Charles, but we don't really see much of that because he's in a team that cocks up every week. I'm not sold on Charles. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to see him in a... Anyway, he needs to be in a clock, a well-run team before he I does. Give him give him but he needs to... He needs, if, even though he's not in a well-run team, yes, he, he needs, needs to be to, demanding. He needs to... He needs to get... He needs, he needs to, Like I said half an hour ago, he needs to be able to pull results with a car yeah, he needs or a to, situation that is not ideal. He needs ideal. to own his results. Their deg is shit and that's what's costing them. But they, not, can't, they can't stay on Red Bull's pace at the moment. It's not even the deg, it's like, I don't care if, if, you're not, if your car isn't good enough. We can all see that now. The car's not good enough. It was rapiding. Own, own your results, own your strategy. You know, everyone can respect Carlos for owning the results. He, he makes mistakes but he owns the strategy. You know what I mean? Mm. So do the extra work, become more proficient in you know strategy call, tire degradation, making making calls that are gonna actively sort of benefit your race. Because if you have no faith in your engineer, which he obviously doesn't, Carlos has taken a lot of that from his engineer, understands the homework and says, No, we're not gonna do that, and then his engineer then has to adapt. And we've seen that in three or four instances, and it's actually benefited him. Benefited him. So, become if you want to be the best, you know, be the best, you know, in in the homework and on the in track. the homework. Be no. the best in the homework. <laughs> be the best doing your homework. Because Schumacher, you say Schumacher was the best. You hear the stories of him. Every studious, you know, in meticulous the, in, in the garage of the team till you know midnight all week, you know, making sure it was perfect. For five years before he had his run. Meticulous. You know, so don't leave any stone unturned. If Max continues on the trajectory he's on now. Go to all, go to greatest, greatest of all time. Undoubted. If he keeps going. He's so young. 24. He's got 10 years of this. You know what I love about Max? I can't see Max though. If he's, if he's winning for the next five years, I can't see Max hanging around for another 10. I do. Because he's, he's got that love He's got that drive. I don't know. And he has got the drive. He's gonna, he's gonna be if he. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> do you want to leave it there? He's gonna be. I've got a few more questions. Yeah, but he's gonna be the um, the most hated driver. If, no. like, if he keeps. Do you know going. why? You know why? Like I love to hate people, but it's hard. Yeah, say. To, it's hard to hate Max because all he does, all he cares about is racing. And if you're a true racing fan, you can hate that he wins. You song? can hate that it's not. Comp- Max, 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 Super Max, 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 Super Max, 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 Max. Shout out to him. Yeah. But, what was I saying? But, there's no, like, sideshow with him. He's there to race. He's there to win. He does his job. Makes it boring for us. But you're like, respect. You don't hear him on the weekend. Exactly. don't hear him during the week. He wears the team shirt. He wears a pair of jeans. That's all it's about. He wears a pair of sneakers. Wears the same helmet every week. He loves it. Helmet. Gets nice involved helmets, in e-racing. Involved in e-racing. He's just a salt of the earth racer. He's not someone that's freaking becomes Danny Rick. The Danny Rick recording Rick. YouTube videos of the tattoos he's getting oh, or yeah. trying to record music or wearing freaking... Heaven forbid someone boots. does what they want in their in their spare time. Can I, can I do what you want. What are you I doing with your spare time? Yeah, but you don't have to I watch it. I don't need to know about it. You don't have to watch it. All I do is record these things and put it up for the world to see as well. No. He's at a race. I love people that are there to race. Do your job. That's it. Don't preach to me. Just do your job. Don't tell me about how hard your life was. I don't care. You're making $20 million a year. 
Race. And Mate, we're, if, 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 we're getting cancelled. If Max is only on 20 million a year, Hey, it could be 50. <laughs> Regardless, once it's 20, it might as well be 50. Hey, right. Danny Rick's getting 20 to not race next year. <laughs> Danny Rick is getting 20 anyway. I reckon, I reckon Danny Rick will come a correspondent. He'll be so free next year. No, Mate, no I would love to actually talk to Danny Rick. You would, yeah? I would be honest as shit, but... I would I would be so scared you yeah. he'd listen to some of the shit you've said. No, I wouldn't. No, but he'd like, see this and he'd be like, well, that's a kind of guy. Is he? Yeah. Well, you reckon understand your, your, your disappointment in the, if he, in the if he If he went back far... If he actually did some research on me, went back far enough... He would be able to scroll. Where would he see it? He would be You're able to nobody. Just listen. <laughs> hypothetically. Hypothetically. He could scroll back through my... Through your hypothetical... Through my... Media. No. Hypothetical. That's real. He could scroll back through my cover photos and see a number of beautiful Danny Rick... Picks. Picks, mate. Yeah. The Honey Badger when he won in, in Hungary. Hungary. Like that, with the helmet on. Monaco. When he was Big Dick Rick. When he... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's on... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was that was good days. Yeah, I put my wife on my phone. Yeah, so do I. But you know, you, yeah. well, you got two. You, 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 got, have, have you got two. You can have multiples, mate. How do you do that? Oh, see, like Apple. You jump <laughs> on the Apple train, my friend. <laughs> I just changed the time three twenty. <laughs> um, there you go. Any more questions? Okay, here we go. Just to finish off, then one year in, this is where we are. In twelve months' time. What are our aspirations for the pod? I hope you're back. Yeah, I will be back. I hope so. I will. Just need to take a little bit of time off to get my affairs in order. Take care of... To father a baby. To father a child. To be there for him. Um, but I, I'll, I think I'll be back fairly soon. Um, maybe not in a week-by-week week capacity. Oh, but, um, yeah... Not maybe not in a week by week capacity, but by the end of the by the next year, I will still be involved in the pod. I'll still be investing in ads for the social media campaigns. Um, <laughs> you yeah, you're, you're you're the you're the Facebook <laughs> one. I'm the Instagram yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Joe, what are you? You're the, the brains. You'll make the beats. Yep, yep, yep. Great. Um, but yeah, in a year's time, what's what's the pod look like? What are our strengths and where we need to improve? I think we have good bands. But I think the bounce is obviously better when it's live because you can, you can, you can, yeah, you can read each other's emotions and stuff. Mm. Um, I mean, I just, I just love doing it because I just have finally, like, you know, you, you don't really have many places to, to d- discuss uh, motorsport with with people who invest as much, particularly the deep dive. Yeah, like to deep dive and, and sort of flex your. Your um, I like the mental muscle. Yeah, I, no, I, I like flexing like my knowledge and 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 my and my deep thoughts about that. And when, and That's when, not where I thought know. that was going. That's not where I thought that was going. <laughs> you, know, you know what my my favorite moments are? Yeah. Because I, I, my favorite moments are when Anth goes. I didn't think about that. That's a that's a that's a good point. Good point Joe. This yeah. one, this one here. I was you see him go. Who? Hmm. You. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You always like, have this look. It's like going, a nod of approval. Yeah. You know. Do you know why it's so bad? But you just like, think I'm dumb. It's not even, it's not even about <laughs> motorsport. Whenever Joseph gives me a peach, because I, I don't know why I don't expect it. It's probably because 95% of the stuff... you're an elitist. You're a piece of shit. <laughs> 95% of the stuff that comes out of his mouth is Star Wars or like... Sort of Star Wars. Or Call of Duty. So when he gives yeah, me like a... When he gives me like a pearl... 
Like, it's not that I don't respect it, it's just that I haven't... I just no, you haven't, respect I just haven't anticipated it. And then when I get a zinger, I'm like, yeah. And I think even with the motorsport stuff, like, there are t- I have to give you credit. There are times when you do think about things in a way that are, like, I don't want to More say... More than surface level. Because I don't think about things in a surface level, but there are ways, like, you have empathy for some situations or even you kind of are able to contextualize some things in a way that I can't. And when you do do it, you know what? I, I think, hear I, it. I think I'm I like, heard. you know what? It's because I'm a genuinely nice guy. Um, and I think I can put myself in other people's yeah, I think struggles. you're the, I think you're the empathizer of the group. Yeah. I think you're the motivator of the group. And I think I'm the critical eye. And I think you need all three the of jackass. those. I think you need that trinity of the holy trinity. <laughs> the holy trinity. <laughs> the holy trinity. But you need those three components all pulling in different directions to have something that has a solid foundation. I think that's what we've got at the pod. After we finish, I'll tell you exactly how how it breaks down, but I can't say it on live. All right. It's very inappropriate, but it's good. F1 next week? No. So this weekend's another... So this is pretty much as long as the bloody break. Um, Yeah, the 30th, I think. We've got MotoGP again soon? No. Uh, A week off, then we go on to Thailand. I would like, you know what though? It's good if we have a week off about maybe get a, try and get an interview organised for next week. Yeah. Will um, Seal. Or Will Seal, is he going to come on? Yeah? Ask him if he wants to do next week. Mm. Otherwise, we'll do. Um, hey, Will, if you're listening. Yeah. Get in contact if you want to pod next week. <laughs> Put it in the comments. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I reckon we should also try to get some of the old boys back. Oh, Joey Morse. Joey Morse. One year on. One year on. I think we look at the. Jo- I, Here's a reflection that I've had. I look at some of the early pods we did. We were too prescribed with that. Question. Yeah, well, particularly the Mawson one. It was like, I guess it was the first time we did it. But I think it was, it was only like our third pod or something. Yeah, it was very much, mate, kudos to him. I reckon. For like saying like, I'll, I'll jump on with these yeah. idiots. <laughs> uh, I, like, I like how you're talking like, we've, we've made a lot of progress. No, we, but no we, but like, we haven't made a lot of progress in the space of podcasting. But if we're looking at it from... Our personal growth, mm. we have definitely made a lot. Yeah. And if you look back at the um, the Mawson interview, rather than just talking to him literally play by play about his career through the sport, forward. what I'd like to actually do is to get his insight into some of the other avenues of racing. He's got he's got some really good people on board with him right now in relation to the marketing space. Mm. As well, so I'd want to hear more of him as a yeah, player. as a person, even like his interest in like fitness and what that what role that plays in his motivations and stuff. Like just a bit more of a, uh, a bit more of a chat and a bit less of a you know, and how to do twenty twenty four. This is like, <laughs> you know, like a bit more like that. Um, yeah, that's the future. So thank you. Two, we had three, we've got one viewer left. But thank you to um, everyone again for the last year listening to the pod. Um, we've got what 2,000 views, 2,000 downloads just about now in March. 